You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and culture. I'm your host, Minji Chang. I'm an actor, producer, and entrepreneur here to share inspiring stories and work through everyday life with you. Thanks so much for tuning in for this week's episode, episode 136, and we are calling it Making Micro Moves in 2020. I wanted to have some one-on-one time with all of you guys. I'm so excited to be back on the mic sharing this virtual space with all of you. And uh, y'all know we had a crazy 2020. It was unanimously just super intense, really stressful. And in light of that, you know, we ended last year with um, the episode with Sean Mira talking about intentions and check in on that and share some good energy, hopefully, so that we can get get this show on the road because we're already a month in. Uh, forgive me, I needed a, a moment to get to regroup with myself, take care of some life life upheavals, some logistics and whatnot. But um, yeah, I'm back and ready to rumble gently. <laughs> so yeah, with this uh, making micro moves in 2021, I, I've been doing my own vision boarding and strategy setting and realizing, you know, things that worked and didn't work from 2020 and honestly years before that, every year proceeding to figure out like, how do I want to approach this new section and this new chapter of my life? I also want to put a caveat. If y'all follow the Lunar New Year, we have another chance at New Year. It's coming out February 12th. So don't even trip. You you get another chance. We can, because basically what did we have this last January? Uh, we had a coup uh, where people stormed the Capitol. We had an election. We have a new president. We have a new vice president. Hey, we have a new Senate majority. Hey, hey, hey. Um, Wall Street went insane and Main Street was trying to take it over and um, still don't know what's happening with these vaccines. We have a new variant of COVID. It's been, it's been a month. You know, it's been a month. A lot of my friends have been you know, just calling it the extension of 2020 and saying, you know, oh, look, it's December 55th of 2020, which I was laughing at because that's how it felt. In any case, we have Lunar New Year. So take two, right? How are you guys doing? I don't know if you guys are on TikTok, but I am pretty obsessively lately. But I really, really, the thing, let me just say the thing that I like about TikTok, I know that there's a lot of controversy around the app or there has been. I feel like that's kind of died down. But I feel like TikTok has, it's like Instagram, but unfiltered and I really like it. Or it's Instagram, but wackier and I really like it. Because people are, it feels, at least the things showing up in my feed, there seems to be a level like genuine authenticity if you will. And I'm living for these like direct to camera, encouraging, motivational little, little spiels that people are putting out there in the universe, random people, everyday people from all walks of life, from all over the country and the world. It's amazing. Now, I don't know if you guys see this, but I see it in my feed a lot. I don't know what that algorithm is saying about me. If it's like the things I interact with is just indicating that 
I, you know, they're accurately assessing that I have high functioning anxiety and that I need a hug. <laughs> but hopefully it's everybody because I I think a lot of people have either, you know, succumbed to that and it's not a bad thing because we're humans or I don't know, whatever your version of dealing with all of this stress is, it really warms my heart. So this is my long form version because I struggle to have, you know, a one minute or under video new challenge for 2021. Hey, but I wanted to do this check-in because it's honestly been giving me life and I love it. I appreciate it. And eventually I'll, I'll be able to distill it down to like a one minute video because one of my things on 2021 is to engage more on my social platforms and be more open and vulnerable and put more content out there that I truly am behind, that I stand by, that I'm proud of, and that I'm honestly not that attached to. Like I care so much and then I don't care at all because I'm a walking paradox. So 2021, high functioning anxiety. We've had a year. It's getting better, which is wonderful. Dr. Fauci is back. Thank the Lord. If you haven't seen the TikTok of Dr. Fauci taking the podium as soon as Biden was inaugurated and he put him back in charge of like addressing the nation about our health updates. And he took that podium back for the first time after 45 left and someone turned it into a TikTok where Return of the Mac plays. Whoever you are that made that, bless your heart. I love you. Thank you for bringing that into the universe because it made my freaking day, which I already thought was complete by the fact that Fauci took the podium again. It was just a good, refreshing moment of, okay, we have competent adults back at the helm. Thank you. And if anybody out there was emotional on Inauguration Day, I was too. And I thought I'd be very proud and I didn't know how weepy I get, but I cried. We've been through a lot, not even just in 2020, but we've been through a lot these last four years. A lot. Okay, so if y'all survived it alongside me, and then on top of that, survived 2020... We've come a long way, okay? A long way. And I want that to be one of the first things I say because sometimes when we get so caught up in the stress, so caught up in like the future, which is still blurry and unclear and, you know, it's a little shaky and we don't know how effective this vaccine is going to be. We have a new variant of COVID and it's like 50% more contagious and like, do we need to double mask and all of these things? Are our friends and loved ones going to be okay? Are we ever going to be able to gather in large gather, you know, settings again and feel comfortable? Because again, another TikTok I saw, but there was a guy, you know, a therapist who was saying us coming out of this And us, like the idea to sit and imagine us being in like a crowded restaurant or a crowded movie theater again, we're going to feel a lot of things. I felt a lot of things, even him putting me in that imaginary space. So we're going to have a lot to to figure out. Um, This is not to freak anybody out, but it was just to be aware that we got, it'll help us to be aware, not to freak us out in any sort of excessive manner, but just know in light of all of this, in light of everything that we've been through and everything that's to come, we we can just do our best to relax and take it easy, right? Um, I'm very much, or I've grown up being as tough as possible. Um, I had a really military conservative father who had a freaking colonel in the Korean War 
father. Like, you want to talk tough love? Like, whenever my grandpa used to pat me on the back, I'd, like, fly across the room because he had a very powerful pat. He was not a gentle man. He was a very forceful, powerful man. Having that kind of a father and the problematic things that also I know about him um, through my grandma and, like, et cetera, I, I understand why my dad's the way he is. And this is me as a grown-up, like, reconciling all the things I held against my dad. I grew up very tough girl because of all of that. I've inherited a lot of suck it up, don't cry, even though I'm a total crier. I'm a cancer, you guys. Like, I cry more than, like, all the other Zodiacs combined. Um, but I was taught, I was programmed not to let things get to me. And I think to a certain degree, it's really served me. I do consider myself a pretty tough and resilient person, but in that kind of programming and especially that coinciding with like, again, being Korean, that's like my Korean side, but also the American side, which is very pick yourself up from your bootstraps, just power on, like go forward, forge on, onward, like, which is like one of my hashtags so guilty of that. That's been my whole approach to life. Honestly, it's tough it out. Keep going. Here's the thing. I'm going to keep going no matter what, but I think this deserves a moment where we can all take a moment to just chill out. I'm sure I'm not the only one. I have lots of friends. I, I witness it in them. They tell me themselves that they're of the same mindset and it's really... I think it deserves space and time and energy to acknowledge all of this is a lot. I think the most sustainable, my gut feeling, my true gut feeling is the way that we are supposed to rise up out of this in a sustainable fashion, in a way that will not destroy us because we're just trying to so quickly get back into like quote unquote normal life, which it will never be the same again. Nor can we can also look at that and like, it doesn't need to be the same again because there were so many problematic things about the way we existed. This can be a growth area, a, a way that we evolve and <laughs> wash our hands more. Yeah. Sanitize, cover our mouths when we, this is all stuff we should have been doing. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, let's not let's not go back to the normal well where uh, we're nasty, okay? Let's just call it that. Let's not be nasty anymore and being considerate of one another. And maybe, you know, we're going to have to adopt some new practices like wearing masks for a long time. Quite frankly, like, I'm, I'm probably going to be wearing masks in public places for a really long time just because I, I, we might turn into Asia, you guys. Welcome. Um, I really never thought we'd be that country nor did I ever ridicule Asia for doing that, but that might be our new normal. And so in light of that, I think um, our our psyches, our bodies, everything, we're only, we are very capable and adaptable, but we, are, we can only keep accumulating so much stress. So there's no shame and there's nothing wrong with you. There's no weakness in saying, yo, this has been so intense and so hard for me. And to then take steps back to regroup and to re-examine the way that we conduct ourselves. Because to me, I think the more I become an adult, it's not just about what I do and what others do. It's how you do it. The how and the why matter a lot to me. People can make movies. How they make it, why they make it, it will probably, in my mind, it will always impact the final product. 
If you're trying to make a movie just because you want to make money and therefore you're going to take the lowest hanging fruit and put tons of sex and violence with no story plot and some whack-ass actors who happen to be popular and they're just like super Instagram famous or whatever, which was a thing in Hollywood and everyone was doing that, and try to be formulaic about it, put no heart and soul, put no creativity, no thought into it just so that you can make a movie and make money. I'm sorry, bro. I'm not going to watch it and probably never ever going to promote it because I'll probably promote against it. I don't know. But do you know what I'm saying? Like the how and why. I'm just giving an example. The how and why matter. So in light of that, um, with this new year and with all new years, but specifically with this one, because especially this one, especially in this moment in time, because context matters. um, You know, I still have visions and goals for this year. And moving forward, I've learned from last year that I'm going to have to be even more flexible and adaptable. And there's part of me that I had to adapt to being adaptable throughout my own career because I switched from being truly in the most straightforward formulaic industry, which was I wanted to be a doctor. And that was very clearly laid out for me, right? Of course, there's delays and things that can happen. Um, You know, life can happen and finances and not passing an exam. But Regardless, in general, there's a pretty clear-cut path of schooling, of board examinations, through residencies, and, you know, getting certain certifications and certain titles. And then suddenly, then I would be a practicing physician, right? That was that was a path that I was on when I was younger. When I decided to leave that, even just going from, from MD to public health, public health then to tech, tech to like nonprofit universe and nonprofit parallel simultaneously mixing in this giant stew of my life entertainment and being a freelance artist I mean for God's sake can you get more opposite of like the doctor path so I've already kind of adapted to being adaptable I've had to learn how to be my own business I've had to learn how to take clients how to invoice how to create an LLC a lot of logistics that you know I'm so excited and and really um, passionate about sharing more of that leg of my journey now further in this current phase of my life, further adding to this stew that I, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm working on building a company um, and and something technologically based, again, coming back to my Silicon Valley roots, um, I have to flex and grow all these different muscles that I never, I never even imagined or wished that I had, but somehow I'm here and I got to do it. Right. And just because this year has been exceptionally hard, it's weirdly fed a part of me that likes the challenge of like, okay, so like on one side, I have the complete predictable meltdown that any normal human being would have is like, what the hell is going on? And I don't know how to handle this. And I'm not going to survive. And I'm not cut out for this. I quit. I'm moving to the Arctic. I don't know. Is there a hole that I could like go into and just cryotherapy myself into being like a frozen, you know, basically like a frozen embryo for the next 20 years. Honestly, it's gotten even bleaker than that. Like that's my joke version, but it's gotten dark. Okay. Um, I've wanted to just quit. I've wanted everything to stop. Right. But there's the other part of me that's like, Ooh, a challenge. Well, I did that thing back then. I handled that thing. And like using my own data, I guess, to build another narrative to remind myself that I was able to overcome 
insane things that, again, I never imagined that I would need to or could do. Those are good motivating points. And those are peppered in my life, right, where I give myself my pep talks. And that's, I think, the practice of self-love is to encourage yourself and be your own cheerleader and be your own friend. It's like a, this duality, like what depends on what day and what, you know, what thing I saw on online. Um, if I'm going into the bleak space or if I'm going into like, hell yeah, I can do this. I am Wonder Woman space. And a lot of days it's really in between. And honestly, on most days I'm like in those spaces like every other hour, every other half hour if you're talking about 2020. <laughs> So in light of these visions and goals, you know, my in terms of sheer practicality, I still need to eat. I still need to pay a mortgage. I still want to work towards um, supporting my parents. And in in light of the sheer like terror and fear that I felt throughout 2020 about potentially losing them because they were still um, working every six days out of the week and running their dry cleaners and interacting with customers, albeit less customers, but still like being out there in the world, whereas I could work from home and be so much more isolated, like infinitely more isolated and quarantined than my parents were um, and being scared for their health and well-being, wondering if literally like... I had days where I cried, you guys, where I was just like, even if this is going to be single, like going after a breakup and being like super alone and like doing the online dating thing, but like literally layers, let's, let's peel it back. I'm going through dating apps and like swiping, making matches, having Zoom dates. I like honestly connected with so many awesome people and it was, it was fun, but it was also like super depressing because you're like, I can't meet you. I don't know when, when, or how how and they're you know putting all these projections out of like yes definitely through 2020 most likely through all of 2021 and i'm like how how am i supposed to build a relationship how am i how am i gonna know if we have chemistry like yeah facetime is nice but i need to know how your hand feels you know i need to know how you smell when i hug you what if like you're a terrible kisser legit things that i was genuinely like worried about my own love life trying to do the math of like, when could we actually physically meet? Would I be willing to like, if and how and when would, if we like hit it off? Doing math of, I'm getting so honest, doing math of like, okay, if this hit off, then we could get married this time. And if we got married at this time, we'd have to have at least XYZ buffer. And then, and then maybe we could talk about children and then maybe we'd get pregnant. And then the pregnancy would be nine to 10 months. And then the then doing the math and then juxtaposing that versus like my parents timeline and every day feeling like dread and fear of oh my gosh what if my parents got sick and if my dad couldn't be able to walk me down the aisle could they even be there because if they were sick like then I can't have my loved ones and shout out to all the awesome people who had really beautiful like zoom weddings and the private one it's honestly really beautiful like they just went to city hall and did it themselves congratulations Y'all are beautiful and I love you. Wish you the best. But I was looking at that and I was so opposite of like this dream that I've had for three decades of like how my wedding was going to be. And I wanted all my family there. I wanted my best friends there. I wanted certain people to like officiate and be by my side. And is that going to happen? This is just a you know nugget of what I felt. And I'm sure a lot of other people were feeling in their variations, right? I was feeling so much fear about my parents' timeline because I literally got scared. My dad had pneumonia less than a year ago, right? Like if he got COVID, I I was terrified that he was not going to make it, you know? And I have, I lost a classmate. I know friends who got COVID and I know 
many, many people who lost somebody close to them actually died of COVID. So I'm not outside the scope of reality. I had to like deal with that. So all this fear, all this anxiety, all of this pressure that was already there before COVID ever came around, right? Because like your girl's biological clock is taken away, like freaking in the loudspeaker in my in my head um, about like the trajectory of my life. All while doing my best to stay sustainable in the gig economy. I'm so lucky as a voice actor. I got to work a ton. I was so glad for that. Um, and just like, again, being the helicopter daughter to my parents and figuring a lot of stuff out because their financial situation was not nearly as good, right? Their their business was was kind of disintegrating as a lot of people were dealing with their jobs vanishing and unemployment running out. And these are real things. You know what I'm saying? These are not just like, oh, I had a, I had a tough day because someone was mean. This is, which already sucks. This is like, systemic racism we're getting the ugliest parts of our universe just thrown in our faces in a very heartbreaking gut-wrenching way having to come to terms with our own complicity our own ignorance our own just like disapproval of our our neighbor and then dealing with these like very personal life life issues about money i really wondered like what could i feasibly endeavor or wish or hope for in 2021 like given all of this like how am I supposed to like realistically have all this hope and motivation to kind of move forward the reality is though guys like somehow somehow in that maybe it's the weirdo in me that like loves the challenge maybe it's the the resilient me that's like overcome some heinous heinous stuff when I was a young person and really like in my deepest subconscious taught me that I can make it through a lot of hard things as much as I despair and hurt and fear as much as the next person. There's something like that I've cultivated inside that's like, you can do this. Even if it's to move one inch, you can do this. You can move forward. Um, every heartbreak I've been, you know, like it's, that's that's something really precious that I hang on to. That's something I really want to help instill or cultivate in others. Because that, that little tiny ray of hope, it's not even a ray. It's like a glimmer. It's like a little tiny LED light. It's like a pixel. You're like, is it there? Is it not there? It's there. We have it. Some days it's brighter than others. Someday it's taken up a full 85-inch screen LED TV, which is dope crystal perfect clear hd all that stuff what are we now in 8k i don't know but it's like full-blown there are days where it's like the lights blazing and there's others days you're down to like a pixel or like a half pixel or a quarter pixel i don't even know how small infinitesimally small you can get but some days it's just like that but we have it you know and i want to feed whatever we can whatever i can to feed that light we have to step up to be the light in each other's lives. We have to be a light for ourselves. That's freaking hard. That is not a small thing to do, but it's what's required of us. And if you guys are listening to this, if you're alive and breathing and functioning and have the mental capacity to listen to me talk to you, you've made it through a lot. Just a reminder, you've made it through a whole lot of hell that I just listed off earlier. And like that is just a teensy fraction of what I'm sure you're dealing with in your own personal life. So in terms of tactics and strategy, because I'm a very like spiritual and then tactical person in having to kind of be scrappy 
not kind of, I've been very scrappy in my life and learning how to navigate a lot of systems and a lot of paperwork and a lot of mental anguish and a lot of self-doubt and imposter syndrome and just sheer emotional exhaustion from life itself. In having to have navigated that for the years that I have, um, I really care about merging what's inside of me an emotional spiritual capacity and then putting that into some sort of plan of action. I'm really big on efficiency because I value time. Time was the thing that got highlighted the most in 2020. Time is something you cannot buy back. And I think that's another thing that really anchored a lot of the conversations I had towards the end of last year, if you listen to the conversations with um, Sean and previous to that too, is a lot about how we're figuring out what we value, right? Like I work my can off and I genuinely feel for my generation, for millennials, for Gen Z, bruh, we have inherited some some bullshit. Like it's not a joke the kind of like economic stress and ridiculousness that we are we are trying to muck through every day that there's so many ways that like on a practical level and on an emotional spiritual mental level we is so much stacked against us which is why i i think that it's all the more important that we show up really strongly for one another and support one another and encourage one another and give each other every freaking resource that we can because we do have a lot stacked against us this is not to put you or myself into a victim mode it's just to call out what is so that we can deal with the proper so we can find the proper solution for the magnitude of this problem if that makes sense that starts at least for me, in terms of being solution-minded, okay? When I approach the whole strategic to-do list, right, I think it starts way back with like that spiritual and mental self. That is where I've invested a lot of time and energy into. Um, Not because I was like super proactive. I mean, I did have an intuitive feeling, but it's mainly because I was having my ass handed to me by so many different things. It's like fights with my family, breakups, heartbreak, hurting myself, doing things and just not treating myself well in so many painful ways that like I felt like I kind of, I really had to start looking at that spiritual mental space. I'd been doing the work, but not, in my opinion, not enough to address the big gaping wounds that were kind of festering and being left untended in my, in my soul. So when it comes to that mental spiritual side, I think coming up with some sort of practice, whatever your cup of tea is, I say go for it. I think it's really worthwhile. And the honest, honestly, the best practical solution for sustainability and longevity is to find rituals and practices that really speak to your soul and give you some level of peace and guidance and hope. Because without those things, I feel like just working your butt off and working, 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 fighting, fighting, fighting through it it's going to be so short-lived. That's my experience. I've burnt out and gotten sick in so many ways. Um, I have enough evidence in my life to, for me to know that it doesn't work for me. Just keep fighting and keep going and keep climbing no matter what, no matter what, without any sort of respite for my for my mind and my heart. Not happening, man. It's not happening. So for me, it's a lot of meditation prayer. I mix it up. I started reading the Bible again this last year, even though I, I've left church over a decade ago. I don't consider myself religious. I was seeking guidance from wherever I could get it. 
Um, thank you, YouTube, for bringing, you know, different lectures on Buddhism, Stoicism. Um, even st- I listen to sermons from Christianity, which used to trigger the, the crap out of me and still kind of do. But I found some amazing pastors. I listen to people who are not the same Baptist background. You know, I didn't I didn't discriminate. You know what I'm saying? Um, so there's a lot of things out there, listening to art, music, poetry, reading books. Um, there's so many ways that you can create a spiritual uh, practice and guidelines so that you can identify those whys. And then that can then merge into the how you want to show up in the world. So because I realize I do want to build wealth, but I don't want to be addicted or a slave to money, is a big deal for me to get out of the fear mindset and to figure out what I wanted to do to tackle debt. And when I wanted to tackle my debt, what I learned through research and what I want to distill into a soundbite to you is to be solution-focused and not problem-focused. Those are two different things, even though they are categorically thinking about the same thing. So my example is debt. I've been dealing with debt ever since I became a grown adult. Ever since I turned 18, I got a credit card. They gave me a huge, I say $5,000 for like an 18-year-old is a pretty big credit line for someone who's never established credit before. I thought it would be like 1000 and then I got the credit card and they're, they're like, here's $5,000. I was in the most toxic, abusive, emotionally and sexually abusive relationship with a, a very bad guy and I gave him all of my cash and then I bought, I maxed out my credit card buying stuff for him. This is where I was at at 18. This quote-unquote smart Minji who got into a, a very high-ranking university was also maxing out her credit card and just drowning in debt within the first, what, like eight months of having a credit card. Okay? So financial <laughs> literacy and financial practices, which I believe are highly emotional and very like emotional and spiritually connected, this relationship we have with money— yeah, I got to a good school, but y'all know like school only teaches you so much. Okay, the rest is like life. Life's your teacher. So when I went about the whole category of debt and realizing I've dealt with debt and I've been drowning in it, it feels like this un, like irritating thing at the bottom of my shoe for my entire adult life. And I really was sick of it. And I wanted to stop this cycle because I had got, gotten out of debt one time before when I was in my 20s because I got really upset then. But I got right back in it. Literally, I think it lasted like a couple months of being like debt free, quote unquote. But I ended up back in debt. And it grew. It grew bigger than the first amount, right? Um, Because my expenses grew. I'm an adult and then I moved to LA and then um, health stuff, car stuff, uh, acting classes, my dream, like so many different things. So what I realized the way that I was approaching it was not necessarily the right, it wasn't like terrible. I think the fact that I was going after my debt aggressively and, and keeping it somewhat of a priority, though my actions didn't necessarily correspond with it, was a good thing in principle. In theory, it was great that that was where my heart and mind were at, but now I need my actions and it to line up with it. And I needed to line up in a better way to help myself not end up in such a bad place for such a bad prolonged amount of time. Because that stress, financial stress is no freaking joke. I don't even need to go into that. So when I'm thinking about debt, debt is the problem. We're talking, the category is money, but the solution is wealth. 
You're not going to get out of debt by thinking about debt. And if anybody listens to law of attraction stuff or or has a understanding of that, it's basically the premise of what you think about is what you get, whether you like it or not, whether you want it or not. It's not even the issue. It's like what you are, what you think about. That's what comes back to you. So when you're in debt and you're thinking about debt, you're going to probably get more debt. It's just like where your body, your mind, everything, all the cells in your body are geared towards debt. And so I had to like brain hack myself. I've been working on that. There's other stuff I want to share. I was actually thinking about putting this on YouTube because I feel like YouTube's actually a really good place for that to also coexist um, because that's where I get a lot of my inspiration and motivation. Uh, but to think about wealth and to think about how to build my income because my expenses were going up and though I was trying my best and I have, I actually have cut down my costs and gotten more um, efficient and smarter about the things that are going out in terms of expenditure. I also knew I had goals in terms of like making more money. I, I had a certain goal that I had said when I was in college, I wanted to make six figures by the time I was 30. And that's a good goal, but I didn't even specify what does that mean? Six figures is $100,000 and six figures is also $999,999. It's essentially a millionaire. That's also six figures. What was the goal? What was the solution? And then in terms of like saying how I wanted to get there, again, I was more fixated on my debt and like paying off my minimum payments and like doing credit card balance transfers, which also saved my butt in many years. Um, I wasn't really thinking about the building wealth part. So this is where I want to like hopefully help turn some eyeballs and minds that as you're going into this micro thing, it, you got to start with a macro and starting macro does mean start with your spirituality, with what your values are, with what you want your life to look like. This is why vision boards I think are really great. As much as we're going to all equate this with like some privileged Karen on Pinterest, which by the way, I love Pinterest. It's great. Stop hating. Um, Honestly, that's how I looked at it. I, I thought of vision boards and I literally thought of Karen's and my friend's vision board. So I'm not throwing shade at you. If you're listening to this, I freaking love you and I adore you and I support everything you do in that regard. But something about the branding of vision boards just in my life fell under the Karen category and I didn't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole subconsciously. So when I finally did it, though, I loved it. I've been vision boarding for the last few years, and it's really, really cool. Honestly, it's just another way to take an idea and put it on paper. That's why people say doing journaling and doing to-do lists and scripting and putting things in a tangible form out of your brain and onto paper or into your computer, whatever. I have mine on online now. It is a, it's a way to actualize what it is that you want. So do not judge or discount the process of a vision board. And in the vision board getting even more micro because we start macro. The micro that I'm talking about, once we do all of that work, which it is work, I think it's fun work because you get to imagine and create and have fun, is to get into the micros of the, the action items to do. When I thought of wealth, I had to set certain numbers. When I thought of fitness, I had to think of certain workouts. I had to think of schedules. And those are things that took, for me, in certain areas, depending on what, um, fitness, it was actually kind of easy for me to get onto because something I obsessed about my body since I was like, what, eight years old. Um, I had a lot of motivation, which was my vanity. <laughs> and so I got on that part really fast. I got on the fitness part and that relationship changed over the years in terms of like really just wanting to be skinnier and look a certain way. I really liked the way it felt and then it became a habit and then I couldn't not work out because then I felt like my life was like all thwarted out of whack. 
Um, and even then, the fitness thing, yes, it has been a journey, and I've changed. My body's changed. My my time schedule and my ability to go to a gymnasium has changed in 2020, and I've had to adapt. But that part came a lot easier to me than strategizing and implementing stuff on money and wealth. It comes to relationships, break that down to your family relationships, to your friend relationships, to your romantic ones. But first and foremost, which is the one that usually comes latest, is the relationship with yourself, with myself. I got into that space in 2020 as well. All these things, they start macro. So just ideate, put it out there. The micro that I'm saying, I think that came out of 2020, that was like thematically the whole episode for this episode, but we're getting to it at the very end. So forgive me, but I'm just setting the context, you know, in terms of the micro is that a lot of times you're not going to have the motivation to do it. You're not. You're not going to feel super enthused all the time. You're not going to feel like it most of the time. You're not going to have the energy from all the different things that can exhaust a person. And you're going to feel like you're like scraping by sometimes. To me, my analogy, the metaphor that I use is like you're hanging on by your fingernails, which is like so in Korean, it's like kumchikit. It makes you like cringe. So like hanging on by your fingernails to me is very like visceral metaphor. Um, But that's how it feels sometimes. You're just like really hanging on by a thread. Or some days you just have zero energy. You ain't even, you ain't even hanging. Okay. You're just like laying in a blob on the floor immovable. You are an inanimate object. You are not a living, breathing, organic organism. You are a rock. <laughs> you are a puddle of mud. I oh, I was that yesterday, literally. Um, especially if you're a fellow female and you have hormones. Yeah, it's real. Okay. I'm like in my 30s and finally giving space and credit, full credit and full like gravity to PMS. Anyway, that's another conversation. But some days you're not going to feel like it. Some days you're like anxious. Some days you're going to be unmotivated, lazy, sad, hopeless, lonely, lonely, scared, and you're not going to want to do it. And that's not even necessarily the fake it till you make a thing. There's posturing and there's all of that that I think really does work. And that's the fun stuff that I learned out of being an actor and diving into different characters and finding how to empathize with somebody else and how to become something by simply putting on a costume or assuming a certain position, like putting my hands on my hips and the power move and all that stuff. That stuff honestly can really work. But there's another element of just moving one foot in front of the other. And it comes down to that. And that's what I mean by the micro moves, whether it's that literal of putting your feet on the ground to get up out of bed, which on certain days can be like, that's your win. Like got out of bed to just putting on a pair of workout pants to then just putting on your running shoes. I have gotten that micro because my brain capacity was very, very limited. It's getting a little bit better now, less, but it's still it's still kind of there. 
And the older that I get, the more responsibility that I have. The older I get, the older my parents get. The older I get, the more that I have to think about my retirement and like lots of things, right? Preparing my body, dealing with fertility, like a lot. There's things that keep coming up, right? And so it's kind of my way of leveling up and leveling up and going big for me has been going super micro. It has been doing things on the days that I can and then utilizing the energy when I have it. So when I'm motivated and I put things on a schedule for me, it really helps my brain kind of click into place a little bit easier and faster. When I say, hey, every Monday, I'm going to take, and this is where I get micro, five minutes, 10 minutes to make a to-do list for the week or to uh, figure out who I need to email and message. And then getting even micro with that. In those five to 10 minutes, I just need to find three people that I need to contact because I know I have like probably dozens. But if I make it easy for myself and if I make it doable by making it super small, I am a thousand times more likely to do it. So let me tell you, this is what I did this whole past January because I was wondering like, do I really want to continue on first of all, given all the financial stress that I have, all the life changes that are certainly ahead of me in this year, um, career shifts, like how much I want to stay in Hollywood or leave it or pivot or incorporate it. When do I want to do that? How will that affect like, again, fertility, potentially like having a partner, the whole marriage thing? Because again, I can't control that, but I want to still like think about it, have some idea, some solution or vision in mind, right? Of how I'd like it to go because I am a believer in manifesting what you want. Um, Yeah, I I really came down like, do I want to continue with this podcast? And this is also another another thing um, that I would love to elaborate on with friends and more with you guys is um, creating systems instead of habits. And so if I still cared and I had to do some heart heart searching um, and I concluded, yeah, I still love, first of all, it's been such a good space for me. I have felt so fulfilled by it, even though it has been a sunk cost for me financially or whatever. Like it's uh, like literally analyzing from every angle. How much time is it taking out of my life? How much brain space energy? How much money is it taking? Um, all that stuff. Had to look at all of that in a microscope and ask myself some hard questions, but ultimately, I, I came to the conclusion because I, I follow my heart. I was like, I I would I would uh, be sadder and less fulfilled and more empty if I gave up first of all, than if I if I kept going with it. Because yeah, it, honestly, trying to come up with the episode for you guys is a fun challenge most of the time, but it is a challenge. Therefore, it's potential to be stress on me, right? And scheduling and getting guests and getting cancellations and then having to do the whole social media thing. So my whole thing was that I wanted to systematize it and come up with a process so that I could keep this going, but make it easier on myself. That was like the bulk of January. So again, I had to start macro, the yes or no. How much does this mean to me? Why do I want to do it? Then it went down into the how, the what and the how. What am I going to do then? Okay, am I still going to do weekly? How am I going to do it? And then I went to the micro. Then I spent, sometimes it started with five minutes a day, which usually turned into like an hour um, of doing specific tasks. I was like, okay, whenever I had the capacity to, I would just make the list 
and say, okay, I need to come up with like a guest list. I need to come up with a calendar system. I need to come up with social media strategy. Shout out to Juliana. I love you. You've been so freaking helpful. That's, you know, I'm going to invest in that. I'm going to invest into coming up with a process for Marvin and me to refine that. You know, we've been working together three and a half years. And now we have a better system of how we communicate, when we communicate, the platforms we use for that, all of it. I, it all went under the microscope and it all got sorted through. I'd say we're like 90% there. It's not perfect. I have a website now, by the way, guys, first of all, pod.com. But all these things, I wanted to create ways for me to keep doing this. This, where I'm sitting here talking on a microphone. And it took a lot of work. And the work came about because I was able to do it small in a non-pressured way, um, in a tangible way. And every day I was doing these little things. I swear to God, you guys, in the last month, I've done more for this podcast in an administrative fashion, things that actually really helped me um, logistically and stress-wise. This last month, more so in the last three years, real talk. Um, because I wanted to treat it as like a free, safe space where I just like, you know, fly by the seat of my pants and I'll improvise and I'll be flexible. And I was like, cool. Well, we're now 130 plus episodes in. We need a system and a better process. So I had one, but it was like ad, ad hoc. But anyways, the micro moves have saved my life. It, has, it saved this podcast and it saved my ability to stop feeling so paralyzed. And so, I mean, I'm still scared, mm -hmm. but it reduced my fear. I can say that. And to give myself an a way out of the paralysis, out of the fear. Now that I have a website, now that I'm like having these bigger loftier goals, now I'm scared of like not achieving them or falling short or whatever, having bad content or I don't know. There's, all, there's like a whole mess of things that come up anyway, but we'll deal. I'm dealing with it. I have more confidence now because I have a system, because I know I can do things and break it down into micro actions that can get me through to the next thing. So this was um, just a partial, you know, just in terms of money, in terms of podcast, something I wanted to hopefully translate over into a more universal message of anything in life really is doable. How fast or slow we go, that's, you know, there, there are different variables at play. Things that you cannot control, like a pandemic or other people's health and other people's actions. But what you can control is you, right? And that is still the most important thing and really, truly the only thing that you can control. So in light of that, I, I would love to be able to share some of these realizations that I'm having to hopefully plant some seeds and pique some interest into finding out what your way is and how you can help yourself. Seriously, because that has changed my life and that stems back to the inner child work. So if you want to go back to that episode, that's the thing that I think really changed my life. The self-love translated in that healing my childhood trauma um, my inner child, that experience, the main thing that came out of that was I told my inner child that I will protect her, that she's safe. So I think love that, I don't know, there's something really beautiful about that, that I've been mulling over for the last year and a half is how much 
safety and security can allow us to then fly. Give yourself safety and security. Protect yourself. Protect your emotions. Protect your heart. That doesn't mean become guarded and put walls up so that nobody can access you. That's not what I'm saying. Keeping yourself safe means talking nicely to yourself. It means being gentle. It means saying no sometimes, having boundaries. It means doing work that sustains you, doing things that like help your life grow and build versus stagnate and decline. And in the worst case, like sabotage, you know, any progress that you made. I've been a lifelong self-sabotager and I'm really over it because I don't have time to waste and because I'm loving myself better. And so we're all like figuring it out. We're all listening to Brene Brown. Bless her heart. She is a dream. If I, she's on my vision board, guys. If there's some way that I can get Brene Brown on, first of all, before the end of 2021, I'm putting it out in the universe because that's something that I want. And I believe could happen because crazier things happen. I shook Barack Obama's hand. I mean, crazier things can happen. Um, but do things to help yourself. Do things to to protect and nurture and love yourself. I believe that that will be a way out of a lot of messes. And as much as I have talked so much crap and hatred towards Donald Trump, which I still think like what he has done to damage the world is borderline unforgivable, right? Um, I look at him as just as the empathetic part of me, the compassionate part of me that can look at someone that I've held so much negativity towards like my dad and see the human in that big toxic figure that I just got so triggered as, as a young person. The higher self version of me, the more mature, the more loving, compassionate version of me that is showing up for Minji, I can also do that for other people now. And I'm not here to ex excuse Trump unless, you know, he asks for forgiveness and, and rectifies a lot of things, which I don't, I, maybe it's like irreparable. I think it kind of is. But in terms of being at least able to see who he is as a human being, as a man, it does break my heart. Like, I really think there's so much that could have been prevented or or mitigated if he had just resolved his daddy issues. Like, he is a walking toxic masculinity daddy issue in a person, in a weird orange person with strange hair. He's just, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've kind of looked at myself the same way, but that's how I look at even him. That's how I've changed. Because before, I just wanted to, like, burn his house down with him inside. Seriously, I've had so much hatred towards that man. Y'all have heard it even on this podcast, but I'm starting to be able to like look at things a little bit differently because I'm also be I'm able to be a little bit nicer to myself. And if there are other things in this world that need to be fixed, they cannot be fixed if we can't fix ourselves first and foremost, period. I need as many good people out there fighting the good fight, and I know that they are. And I think that us helping each other through our problems, me spending this time to like, speak out my problems and solution and my ideas on solutions and hopefully imparting something good with you um, will be something that I can contribute and hopefully, yeah, just help make the world a better place. That's all I wanted with this podcast. Also so that I could talk to cool people because that gives me a lot of fulfillment in life. Um, but the end result, the impact I want to make is to help people heal. I'm not a genius about Wall Street. I'm not a genius. I cannot give you stock advice. Um, some financial, I mean, just like the process part. Um, I'm not, a, you know, a, a board certified 
psychologist or therapist or I'm not a fitness instructor. I, whatever. I'm just a person, just a a woman. I keep calling myself a girl because sometimes how I look at myself. I'm just a woman living my life. And I want to be as much of a friend to you as many people have been a friend to me without ever asking for anything back. Just to be, just be there. So that's my intention. These are um, some of the strategies I have. And I'm really excited. For that, I'm really excited because that gives me a way that that <laughs> increases my pixels that are then flickering into more of a like a steady beam of light. And that is a very powerful thing. And thank you to anybody who has sent me encouragement, left me a review in 2020. Honestly, I could cry, I could cry like it helped me get through some really tough moments because there's always the the likelihood of self-doubt, especially when I'm PMSing. But like seriously, once a month, I'm like, I can't do any of this. I am a failure. I don't know why I'm kidding myself. It happens. Uh, but you really helped me survive a lot. And so I thank you from the bottom of my heart and I will show up better. I'm going to create some dope content because it's planned out. <laughs> I will remain flexible in the plan, but there's a plan. And um, hopefully impact more people to help them find their way. Y'all are helping me find mine. So it's a two-way street. So yes, take it slow. Be gentle on yourself. Be strategic. Be your friend. Be your, be your advisor. Be your own consultant. You know what I mean? Do make-believe. Use your imaginations. This is when things get hard, you guys, this is where people get creative. I'm just saying, this is where innovation comes from. Speaking from a true Silicon Valley girl, when you have problems, you're like, how am I going to solve this? (laughs) But with a less annoying voice. Okay, so that wraps up this micro moves for 2021. I just want to kick off the year with some good energy, with some intentions and some strategy. Um, stay tuned. We're having a back-to-back episode situation. So I'm going to have my friend Sarah Coy on the podcast to talk about um, us reckoning with our former version of, versions of ourselves becoming better people, talking about privilege. It gets It's amazing. I just appreciate her so much. So I hope you enjoy that episode. And yeah, you guys, really though, um, I'm putting the asks out there because this is part of my intentions for this year. Be better about stating what I want. I would love for this podcast to reach more people, hopefully as a positive impact um, to drive more conversations. And and even if that conversation is within oneself, it doesn't have to be with somebody out there, but it starts inside of us. And so please, if you enjoy this podcast at any point, um, please, if you would take a minute and go leave a five-star review if you're on Apple Podcasts. That's the best place to do it. Um, to subscribe, to follow on Spotify, all of that. Um, I'd truly appreciate it. It really does help the universe, the algorithm, <laughs> help it reach more people. And I would really appreciate it. So please uh, do that. If you want more information on the podcast, any additional links about how to support me, thank you to my Patreon patrons who help me keep this microphone on. You can go to firstofallpod.com because that exists now. You can find links to my Patreon. Um, people have been so kind and generous. I'm donating to PayPal and to my Amazon wish list. Like, holy crap, I'm so thankful. <laughs> this is real. Um 
But you can find all of that there. You can follow me at First of All Pod. There's going to be more, hopefully, audience engagement type content. I want to hear directly from you. I really want to have some more feedback so that I know that I'm on the right track and giving you guys what you want and what you're interested in, whatever questions. So there's going to be some Q&A things. So um, you can follow along at First of All Pod on Instagram, or uh, you can also directly message me at firstofallpod at gmail.com. So I am accessible. Please hit me up. Don't be shy because I've been shy about reaching out to a lot of people. Don't be shy. I'm here. And I'd love to love to hear from you. Thank you to uh, Marvin Yue, my audio engineer and producer. Marv, thank you so much for your patience and your commitment dedication to this channel. And thank you to Juliana Deer for helping me with my marketing, with just honestly being a beacon of light in my life. Thank you so much. I'm a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, which is a collective of Asian American podcasters and storytellers. So go check out their channels. There's some awesome content out there. More conversations, more analyses, uh, reviews and whatnot, fun stories. So go check them out. And yeah, that is it for this episode. I'm, I I just love all of you guys. Keep the faith. Stay safe. Holy crap, I didn't start this by telling you guys to wear your mask and wash your hands. Who am I? If you made it this far, because you're smart, you're already doing it. Wash your hands and wear your mask. Social distance. We're not out of this yet, but we'll make it through. And last but not least, thank you so much for Uzu Han's use of his song, Uzu Trap, for the intro and outro of this episode. Okay, that's really it. I love all you guys. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. I'm digging up my own room. Hey, hey, hands on the plow. Hands on the plow. Yeah. Keep my head down. Keep my head down. Yeah. Sweat on my brow. Sweat on my brow. Don't make a sound. <laughs> hey, my dudes, now. This is the pride of a man. Uh, Stuff in the ground. I'm counting my blessings aggressively, pushing the boundaries. Hi, I'm Marvin. And I'm Rira. We're the host of Books and Boba, a book club and podcast dedicated to books by Asian and Asian American authors. Every month we pick a book by an Asian author to read and discuss on the show. We read a wide variety of genres from contemporary to historical fiction, fantasy to memoirs, and crime thrillers to romance. Some of our past book club picks are Pachinko by Min Jin Lee, Sorcerer to the Crown by Zan Cho, and Devotion of Suspect X by Keigo Higashino. We also go over what's new in the Asian American literary world and chat with some talented Asian authors about their work. So whether you want to start reading for fun again or diversify your TBR list, we got your Asian literature cravings covered. For more info, check out our website at booksandboba.com. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. Part of the Potluck Podcast Collective.